Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Look at this shot here by Trey Young. Three by Young! Here is Trey. This is NBA Today, live from Los Angeles. And that is just a taste of what's to come this afternoon on NBA Today because we are excited to have that man, Carl Anthony Towns, join the show in just a bit. Hello and welcome in. I'm George Sedano in for Malika Andrews this week alongside Chinea Gumake. Hello, young lady. Hello. And, of course, some others joining us shortly. And beating the Joker, by the way, battled it out last night as well. Not to mention, though, it was another ugly Lakers loss to get you caught up. You're, you're ready. sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. It is what it is. We've got to talk about it. But we've got to start with the Draymond-Steph duo looking very much like their old ways yesterday. Let's take a look. That's right. Draymond Green back from a 29-game absence. Here's how much the Dubs missed him, man. You look at this game. Look at this highlight right here. First quarter, Green. He finds Curry for the three. Oh, that's back what they've been waiting for. And you know, he was smiling. Steph Curry was smiling. You gotta love to see it. And then, of course, a little reciprocation. Okay. Came on for three. His first bucket back. Let's go. And you know he's all emotions. Dubs. Taking you over. Sorry, I had to go. No, it's all good. Dubs <laughs> up 13. Clay gets into the act here. And that's the beautiful, you know, ability of Draymond. Not only knocking down a shot when he's feeling good, but creating shots for others. Clay, we see you. Third quarter. Steph's gonna show off the mid-range here. Oh, this is not fair. His handle underrated. And now Curry just carving up the D right here. I mean, look, look how many guys are around him. There were five in the paint, and no one could stop Chef Curry. Just insane. So the Warriors win. Pretty insane stuff. And again, they were basically a 500 squad without Draymond in his absence. Steph clearly missed them, as I mentioned. 15 minutes they shared the court last night. Look at this. Steph scored. Check this out. I'm, this is not... <laughs> A typo. <laughs> 41 points and shot 13 of 60 from the field when he played with Draymond and only scored six in the 20 minutes when he didn't play with Draymond and the Warriors were outscored by six points in that span. So after the game, Draymond was confident about the Warriors moving forward. Obviously, the two-seed will be great, but we're not chasing it. Uh, we're going to make sure we do everything we can to stay healthy coming down the stretch. Not going to make any any bonehead decisions trying to chase the two-seed. Whether we're two-seed or three-seed, we're going to win a championship, so don't really matter. All right, we welcome in Mark Spears of the Anscape, of course. I almost said the undefeated, but it's Anscape now. <laughs> and uh, Zach Lowe, the host of the Low Post podcast. Zach, let's start with you. What is your level of confidence in the Warriors now that Draymond is back and it seemed to unlock peak Steph Curry? 
I was never worried about the Warriors. People kept asking, oh, the Warriors are 500 in their last 30 games. Oh, their defense has slipped from first to seventh in the games that Draymond hasn't played. Are you worried? I kept saying, wake me up when Draymond Green is back. He's the engine of this team on both ends of the floor. He's a basketball genius. He gets Curry going. He's the keystone of their defense. If anything, I am almost more confident, provided they can stay healthy, because Clay's game is starting to come around. His three-point shot looks great, all things considered. And the Warriors without Draymond, they found out that their kids, Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga, might be ready for big playoff minutes. So the Warriors all of a sudden deeper. Steve Kerr's got interesting decisions to make. Both those guys, especially Kaminga, at dimensions that the Warriors don't really have. But with Draymond Curry, Clay, everybody rolling, Jordan Poole's rolling, this team is as dangerous as ever. Mark? Yeah, no, uh, another guy you spoke about, the young guy, Zach, what about James Wiseman? Uh, he's playing down the street from you guys tonight in L.A. at the Agua Caliente Clippers. Oh, that ain't down uh, the street, probably... though. That's pretty far, actually. That's on the IE, man. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it, it's going to cost you a lot of gas, but you should go check him out. <laughs> Double he had a great game on Sunday with 19 points and 14 rebounds uh, against the Ignite. He gives the Warriors something that they don't have right now. Size, athleticism, shot blocking. You're going to have to play because if you look at the Suns, if you look at Denver, if you look at Utah, these teams have bigs. So to me, now they're truly ready for a championship once he is back. And if he could give them 20 to 30 minutes a game, this kid is hungry. He's much bigger, stronger. He's going to be a force that I think is a final piece of the puzzle for the Warriors trying to get back to the finals. I absolutely agree, and that's the one point that I was going to bring up, the James Wiseman factor, because as long as we've known this new iteration of the Golden State Warriors, their motto has been strength in numbers. And when we talk about numbers, I mean, they've gotten better. Their role players have gotten better the same way we talk about the Phoenix Suns role players have gotten better. You have to start putting the Warriors in that category for all the reasons that both Mark and Zach mentioned. But, I mean, we talk a lot about Steph Curry and his greatness and how he moves without the ball to get his shot off. Draymond is sort of the same way. He may not have the ball, but he creates opportunities by screening or slipping and two people following him as an undersized post and leading, you know, Clay or Steph open on the perimeter. And those subtle factors are the reasons why when Steph was playing with Draymond last night, seven for nine from three. When he wasn't with Draymond, 0 for 5 from 3. There's just that comfort factor. So to answer your question, when you think about confidence, when the Warriors are confident, I'm confident that they can be anybody in the NBA. Now the question is consistency, getting it all together for this last push. But right now, they're a team that they can beat any night. Yeah, and look, I, I actually think that Draymond on the ball uh, frees up Steph a ton, really, is what the reality is, because as great as Steph is, I, I don't think that, I think he prefers to be off the ball and running people around mm -hmm. just like Clay does uh, and getting open the way he did last night. All right, from the Splash Brothers to Cat Splash Fever. Shout out to uh, producer Mike who wrote that line for me. Wait till you see what Carl Anthony Towns did. Cat had a team record 60 points last night, the most scored in one game this season. The Wolves outlasted the Spurs 149 to 139 in just an absolute barn burner. Town shot 19 of 31, grabbed 17 boards along the way, and broke his own franchise record of 56 points. The man also had 32, his number, in the third quarter alone. Towns became the first NBA player with a 60 and 17 game since Shaquille O'Neal. 
He dropped a casual 61 and 23, uh, almost exactly 22 years ago this week. Look at this shot chart, though, by Towns. Wow. On fire from everywhere, finished 7 of 11 from 3. It was the first game in NBA history where a player had 60 points, at least 15 boards, and 60% from 3. So... Towns' 32nd point third quarter was the fifth highest scoring quarter in NBA history, the fourth highest in the last 40 seasons. In 2008, Carmelo Anthony lived up against the T-Wolves <laughs> to tie George Gervin's NBA record 33 points in a quarter in 2016. We had Kevin Love drop 34 on the Blazers in the first quarter, the most ever in an opening frame in NBA history. And in 2015, we were just talking about the Warriors, Clay Thompson scored 37 points in the third Iconic. against the Kings. I'll never forget where I was <laughs> watching that game. Clay went 13 of 13, including 9 of 9 from three-point range. He single-handedly outscored the Kings by 15 points in that particular quarter. So, just wild stuff. But my question here to this particular panel is about Cat's absurd evening. So. Should we start taking the Wolves a little more seriously? Uh, and and are they taking the next step as a team? Could they do some damage in these playoffs? We'll start with you, Chanae. Okay, yes and yes. We absolutely should take this T-Wolves team seriously because this is a T-Wolves team that we've been waiting for. I mean, they have one of the youngest but best big threes with D'Lo, Anthony Edwards, and of course, Cat. And they've been remarkable. I know March is a fun month for basketball fans. There's madness going all over the NBA. You never know which way to go when it comes to MVP awards, even Coach of the Year awards, and who's going to win a championship. But this T-Wolves team has it seems like they've arrived and this was a great moment for cat and uh, if you think about the month of March specifically seven and one in March the best record in the NBA in this span they've scored more than any other team in this time period as well and so I'm looking at the squad I'm like I would not want to face them especially when they're hungry and they're playing better and they sort of know how to let someone lead that's different each and every night so that's hard to scout and predict as well mark well Two, two seven playoff series, Grizzlies, young Grizzlies, young Wolves would be a hell of a lot of fun. But look, the Wolves are here, and they're doing this down three starters in and out of the lineup. Pat Beverly, Jared Vanderbilt, Anthony Edwards have been in and out of the lineup recently. Anthony Edwards has had a quiet month. And Carl Anthony Towns, people kind of scoffed a little bit when he declared himself that he was going to be the greatest shooting big man of all time. I don't think that's outrageous at all. It's either him or Dirk. I'd go one step further. He may be the most well-rounded scoring big man of all time. He can score efficiently in every possible way from every spot on the floor. The post, pick and pop, pick and roll, face up drives, fast break. He can do it all. He's a 50-40-90 shooter every season. And right now, he's making a strong case for an all-NBA spot. The guy is outrageously talented. I got laughed at during the jump days when I said this team was going to be in the playoffs this season. In the playoffs, and and I want to see what Zach was talking about. A Memphis Wolves series, I think, would be phenomenal. Memphis has lived on this underdog thing. I, I don't see him as an underdog anymore, but they haven't been there, done that in the playoffs. So to see them play against Minnesota, I think, will be fun. But in November, I spent some time with Cat. He smiled like he hasn't in a while after the tragedy he's gone through. He said this team has the best chemistry he's played with on any uh, T-Wolves team. They like each other. They support each other. Pat Bev has been a huge addition, not only on the court, but off the court. He has these guys going to dinners together, doing uh, outings together. So this team is really, really close. 
and they got length. They got uh, enthusiasm, athleticism. They got three scores. They're a problem, and they're not going to be a fun matchup for any team. And I think Cat is ready to look past All-Star and the individual accolades and finally do some winning and prove to people that he is one of the elite players in this league and more than just a guy you see on All-Star Weekend. Well said, Mark. Mark, thank you for joining us, man. Always appreciate it. Take care. All right, still to come, we've got more Cat Splash Fever. Carl Anthony Towns will join us shortly. And we've still got the MVP matchup to get you caught up on, Embiid versus the Joker. Amazing highlights from the Battle of the Big Men. That's coming up next. Plus, if you're a Lakers fan, <laughs> viewer discretion advised. Because it got ugly last night for the Reeling Lake Show. LeBron, yeah, not so happy. We're happy, though. NBA Today rolls on. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. You're watching NBA Today, live from Los Angeles. All right, we had a battle, of course, of two titans last night. Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid, the two top favorites to win the MVP this season. Joel Embiid had the advantage early on. Ooh, big man balling, and this is a matchup. You see this. that show and go and finish. Okay, big man. Blows him by for the dunk. Late in the first, Sixers up 10, Embiid hits the step back. That's what separates both of them, knocking down threes. Off the dribble, off the bounce, so skilled. Second quarter, though, Jokic gets it going for the Nuggets. Look at this dime, no dribbles. I know it's NFL free agency, right? But, like, come on, come A minute on. later, look at this, in transition, this the big fella. No look, It's like Magic Johnson right there. What? Yeah. I saw that and I was like, okay, that was a 10-0 run to end the half. We worked the game last night, and I was like, here they come, the Nuggets, when Joel Embiid was on the bench, by the way. Foul trouble. Fourth quarter now. Here we go. Fourth quarter was all Bones, baby. Bones Wait. Highland, four threes in the fourth. Way downtown for him. Deep. I mean, what? Think about the confidence. And, and again, an incredible night all around. The and Joker again finish. doing his thing. What? Look at that. Off balance, that's not fair. All right, let's go in the, to the post game. The MVP race is getting hot, it's getting tight. You continue to show up and put up spectacular numbers. Are you thinking about that one a night when you play uh, against a guy like Joel Embiid? No, to be honest, I just talked to Joel and I, uh, we have the same comment uh, centers. As long as the big man wins, we're going to be fine. You do realize you're making history, right? Who? You! I, I mean, it is what it, I'm, I'm just trying to win every game, you know. Joel was amazing today. Uh, he's, he's doing that to every game, so I'm just trying to keep up with him. And here she is, Monica McNutt, of course, joined by our friend Zach Lowe, who was here with us previously. So Jokic got the win, but Embiid still up with the dominant 34 points there, Monica. You had the courtside view. How did this particular game impact the MVP race? What's up, y'all? Hey, George. Hey, Zach. Hey, Janae. Um, I 
It is the notch that put Nikola Jokic over the top this morning. Now, listen, this race is going to come down to probably the last game of the regular season, and I don't understand why people are sort of bristling at that notion. It is fluid, and I think it matters how you play against the guy that is next to you in this conversation. Nikola Jokic assisted on... 14 of the 18 points of the 18 to 9 run that the Nuggets went on to end the first half. And yes, Joel and B may have been on the bench for a portion of that, but ultimately, Joker did what he needed or his team needed in order to get that win last night. And I think that that matters. Yes, the bench point showed up, showed up big to support the Nuggets squad, but when it came down to it, he was a huge catalyst in terms of the momentum that helped the Nuggets close not just one, but multiple leads because the Sixers gave up multiple leads in that ballgame. So I think this put Joker over the top this morning. Look, we play 82 of these bad boys. One of them should not make much difference in the MVP race. Look, it's another thing if the two are conference rivals, they face each other four times, and one guy dominates all four times. One game, throw it out. And in this particular case, I agree with Monica. Whatever you were coming in the, uh, into the game in the MVP race, you should probably be in the same place coming out of it. It was more or less a stalemate. And my favorite part, frankly, is that we make this all game about the MVPs head-to-head, -head, this and that. And after the game, they're hugging. The mutual respect is palpable. Yeah. These guys realize how awesome they are. They're kind of they're kind of rooting for each other to win because both of them want a center to win MVP if they don't win it personally. So I thought that was kind of cool. But MVP, we're where we're at today, where we were yesterday. And I know we have snapshots of the season, right? Games, one of 82 are, is a snapshot of the season. But if you look overall, I mean, what Joel Embiid can do, lead the NBA in scoring as a center, the first center to do so since Shaq, I mean, in 2000, I think that's impressive. So yeah, like this was a matchup. Did Joel Embiid do exactly what he needed to do to get a win? Probably. But did it really come down to the role players stepping up in this? Bones Highland was balling in that fourth quarter versus a couple mistakes by Niang late. It could have gone either way. And so I look at this matchup, I'm like, all right, let me see what happened in the nitty-gritty in the one-on-one, -on -one, right? Jokic versus Embiid. Well, Jokic scored 11 points on Embiid. Embiid scored 21 points on Jokic. So those things aren't talked about as much because we look at, okay, the pressure was on Embiid for him to win, right, because he He's the front runner and he lost. Now, do things even up? Maybe. But I do think this final stretch, if we see 40s and 50s, like we've been seeing this point player explosion, maybe someone will actually make that case, not just in this game, but moving forward. I mean, this rational conversation, this is not what sports talk television is supposed to be about. We can't have all this rationality on this show. You picked the wrong one. Yeah. You picked the wrong group. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, I just, I do want to be, I do want to just be clear. I know we got to move on, but I actually kind of disagree with you guys. I just want to make sure, make sure that that's clear. Uh, yes, the head-to-head -head is a great stat, Janae, but I think the when Jokic gets a win versus a team like the Sixers, it causes you to dig into that roster even more, and you realize just how depleted they have been all season if you didn't have a conscious thought about it in terms of the absence of Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. So to me, that game did matter. It did I matter. It. I agree, Monty. On. We're always on the same page. We are a unit. We are sisters out here. I do agree. I just do think that overall, when you look at the you know entire season, there are going to be different things that bring people bring into the conversation when it comes. Right. I believe MVP matters because of X, Y, or Z. Yeah, look, everyone's going to have their own interpretation of it, for sure. We should have some votes, though. Um, <laughs> we saw Bones Highland in this highlight, obviously, but check this out for the pregame. 40 members of the Wilmington, Delaware Fire Department came to support Bones. In 2018, they rescued him and his brother from a fire where two of his family members passed away. 
After the game, Bones spoke about it and spoke about what it meant to him to have them there. You know, every time I take it in the game, you know, I, I, I do the cross across my chest just to, you know, be thankful that I'm still in this position and uh, just to play basketball because basketball, you know, doctors told me, you know, four years ago, I never played basketball. So, you know, this that, that's something that I, you know, I thank the Lord for, you know, keeping me here on his level and keeping me, you know, going. What a great moment there uh, with Bones Highland last night. Chine, what, what did you make of that? Well, I worked the NBA draft, and I heard about the story, and it was quite remarkable. And I think he's just truly a testament of, you know, perseverance and persistence. And just, I mean, his talent is undeniable and staying positive. And I know, Monica, you did an excellent job on the game explaining this to all the masses. Janae, I'm glad you mentioned it. And I think it was so important. And it was my privilege to be a part of telling the next chapter of the story because we've seen this phrase kind of coined on Twitter in terms of trauma porn. And not to make light of what Bones went through, but I was so proud of his ability and the connection that was born out of such a tragedy. So it was truly my privilege to help tell the next chapter of the story that really warms your heart. Yeah, great job yesterday, Monica. So certainly, there's no question about it. All right. While we're discussing the MVP race, we have to acknowledge what Giannis did last night. 30 and 15 in a win over the Jazz. The first time the Bucks have won in Utah since, get this, 2001. What? The defending champs are rolling right now. They've climbed the standings. They're currently at the two seed in the East behind Miami. So, Zach, are we overthinking the East? Are the Bucks still the team to beat? Yeah, I was about to say, while we're all fixated over the two centers going head-to-head, -head, oh, Giannis, the two-time MVP, while we're all sleeping it out on the East Coast, just puts up a cool 30-14 and 14 in Utah playing defensive player of the year level defense. Ho-hum, forget about him. Uh, look, ever since the Nets situation went haywire, the Bucks have been the safest pick on the board in the Eastern Conference, even though they've been a little more up and down than we thought. But they're rolling now. Brooke Lopez came back last night and I think looked pretty damn good considering he's barely played. He hasn't played since the opening game of the season, recovering from back injury. That might be the one ingredient they've been missing. They've been my pick to come out of the East since the Kyrie situation blew up and I see no reason to change that. Now, the East is loaded. There's a lot of really interesting teams in the East, but Milwaukee, slow and steady, wins the race for them. Very true. And it's funny because I think the Bucks are also Monica's pick as well. So I wonder, you know, I'm big into dark horses out here, all right? So I thought, you know, Philly for a moment might be the favorites based on the potential. But now you're seeing like, uh, we don't know how great that duo can really uh, be, you know, potentially in big games. That was a question. There's so many teams. I mean, the Miami Heat are number one in the standings. And if they get healthier and, you know, what that talented roster does especially their starters when they're available they win a lot of games I think for me the biggest question mark is how crazy could the first round in the East be oh insane I mean you could have Miami Ooh, or Milwaukee oh taking on Brooklyn at eight right you could eliminate potentially a defending <laughs> champs through Brooklyn in the first round yeah so it's gonna be really fun to see everything manifest <laughs> Monica it is crazy today like that is such a crazy concept to think of when this question was posed i'm not gonna lie my initial reaction who is we because we as in me i am not overthinking this the bucks are the champs until otherwise proven and so as they continue to get healthier they've done nothing but continue to be steady this year and they have an exceptional record when the big three are all present on the floor and they just get to go about their business ho-hum whether it's fair or not zach to your point Giannis is not being discussed as heavily in the MVP conversation 
as he should because of expectations past success we're taking him for granted but the bucks are still operating like a fine oiled machine yeah the bucks are the champs and of course you got to knock the champ out but there are teams dangerously looming as uh, that's an inside joke from my appearance on the low post podcast a couple of weeks ago <laughs> all right still to come on nba today we've teased it all show the ugly loss for the lakers that had lebron beyond frustrated plus kyrie irving has been in a groove of late and of course is Ben Simmons about to join the fun some news regarding Brooklyn shortly plus on the heels of this insane performance we've got Cat Carl Anthony Towns himself joining NBA today next he's coming up in a few minutes don't go anywhere we all know breakfast is an important part of your day but sometimes when you're traveling for business you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any you know what happens you grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Live from Los Angeles, welcome back to NBA Today. In my mind, I was so locked into just dominating. I didn't really think of anything else, but every time I touch the ball, go score the ball. 16 for Carl I ain't never been celebrated, you know, so to have people do that when I got 60 was a crazy feeling. What an incredible night for Carl Anthony Towns. Welcome back to NBA Today. And it is an honor and privilege to welcome in that man, Carl Anthony Towns, joining us here on the heels of his big performance, uh, biggest performance of his NBA career. What was it like, Carl, and thank you so much for joining us, to be in that zone offensively, particularly in that third quarter? It, it was felt great. You know, uh, you know, you're playing Greg Popovich, who just came off being the winningest coach of all time officially, and... Uh, you know, you're in San Antonio, you uh, came out of halftime. I knew that uh, for us to have a chance to win this game and for us to have the best chance to win, I had to be at my best. Um, didn't realize I had 32 in the third. That was not um, was trying to be funny on TV. I really didn't know. But uh, <laughs> in the third, I just felt like I was in the zone. And I just knew that I, I had to, you know, keep firing. Um, the ball felt good in my hand. Every shot I, felt, I shot felt really good. Uh, it just felt like one of those nights. Yesterday, obviously, you know, you tweeted this out today about how it was two years to the date of your parents going into that hospital uh, in New York City. And, and, you know, obviously having to play with a heavy heart, uh, I would imagine just knowing that that anniversary was there. But you talked about how your mom, you know, gave you life and, and tragically was in that same hospital. But she was there with you. She was an angel with you in that game. I know you were the chain. I saw you talk about that during the All-Star break. How did you feel her and the emotions running through you when you were playing that game yesterday? I mean, I, I, I can tell you right now, I mean, just simply in the fourth quarter, uh, got poked in the eye, go to the free throw line at 56, and uh, I shot the second free throw. And I, there's no way I could tell you, look you in the face and say, I thought that free throw was in. I thought it was off. And I thought it was right. And it just seemed like someone pushed it a little bit to the left, and it just trickled in for 57. Uh, and the 60 just came off a three. So uh, I just felt like she was there all night. You know, uh, I felt all day yesterday. I, I didn't feel my best. Uh, mentally, I just was really tired. Physically, was really tired. Uh, long, you know, long season. Uh, been very good about playing every game. So 
just felt, you know, didn't feel my best. I didn't feel my best at all. Uh, and I told coach when I woke up from my nap, I was talking to my sister before the game about me, uh, our mother and it just something clicked. I don't know. It was just something that clicked. It felt like it was going to be one of those days. All of a sudden I told coach Finch before the game, I said, Hey, if you need me for 48 minutes tonight, don't worry, I'll be there for you. Uh, I'll be there for all 48 minutes. So I just had a different mindset from the morning and shoot around to the game. Uh, I don't know what it was. Uh, me and my sister talking about my mother changed. Uh, I feel my mentality for the whole night. So you, you feel that conversation with your sister maybe gave you kind of that inspiration to be able to focus on the game as opposed to, you know, obviously the heavy heart you were playing with. Yeah, I, I just think that we just talked about my mom and we was talking about, you know, things that like she would take care of. And, you know, obviously she's not here. So we are trying to figure out how we're going to take care of it. And, um, you know, it's just one of those things you, you, you realize, you know, how special that woman was. And we talked about her and then playing basketball and how much she enjoyed watching me play. And uh, it was literally right before I got on the bus to go to the game. So uh, it just put me in a, in a mindset of being so thankful that I get to uh, do this. And uh, I know up above, you know, she's enjoying watching all these games. And I thought that tonight was a good night to uh, remember her and, uh, you know, and two years later, you know, who would have thought? Like I said in a tweet, it's two years later, the same place that she gave me life as where I saw her slowly start to slip away. And there's no question she was a big smile from above, man, watching you last night. I don't think there's any doubt. There's that big smile from you, obviously, as well. Now, you've been smiling a lot more recently this season. You guys made the playoffs a couple years ago uh, for the first time uh, in very many years. You broke a streak of 14 years uh, that year. This year, you're certainly on pace to get back in there. Do you feel like this team is making a leap right now with this particular group? Yeah, I think that we've just been playing really good basketball. I think that... Um, you know, everything we've been talking about uh, has been coming together. Uh, I will also say, you know, it's great to have six of There was not much defense played by either team yesterday. So <laughs> it was more of a shooting competition. But um, when we're playing at a high level, the defensive capabilities and our image, when we know how to play the defense, we know how to play and we show it on a nightly basis. You know, we're really scary. And then mix that in with the offense that's now come together that wasn't there early in the season. I think that we could be a very dangerous team in the playoffs, and, um, you know, we, we got a lot of things we could possibly do if we stick together and we keep believing in each other. What about you as a leader? You know, you've been around now a long time. You've been the man there for a long time. You've got your, a friend of yours and D'Angelo Russell on the team. You've got Ant-Man on the team, who's an interesting character, I would imagine. Uh, what is it like for you being the vet on this squad? It's crazy because uh, I don't remember. Uh, it, it feels like I just blinked. Like KG told me, he said, you're going to blink, Lord, and you're going to be seven seven to ten years in and uh he ain't lying i feel like i just blinked and now i'm here seven years in the nba and blessed um and now i'm the vet you know so it's it's kind of crazy to think about but uh i just think that just you know evolving not only as a as a player and as a leader but as a man you know uh life has taught me a lot and i have a lot more wisdom to uh pass along to the young fellas so uh just trying to use all my life experiences and, and how much i've played basketball in this nba and have found some found success, you know, I'm blessed to say that. I found success in the NBA, so just trying to take the teachings and wisdom I've learned throughout my years and, and give it to the young fellas and make sure they don't, one, make the same mistakes I've made, or and two, uh, the things that worked out for me, you know, show them how it worked and hopefully it could work for them as well. Kat, congratulations on an incredible performance and a wonderful season thus far for you guys. Our thoughts and prayers with you uh, always uh, for you and your family. And again, I, I, you know, we talked about this before you came on, Shout out to you, fellow Latino, man. Keep it going yes. for us, okay? Yes. Right. Yes.
Yes, sir. All right, brother. Thank you again, and best of luck this season. Appreciate you. Thank you. All right. Thanks again to Carl Anthony Towns. And also last night, Trey Young scored 21 of his 46 points in the third period. Third quarter was insane last night, apparently, around the association. Atlanta Hawks recovered from a second-half deficit of 15 points to beat the Blazers 122-113. to 113. Young scored 47 tonight earlier in a win over Indiana. And the Hawks entered the game ninth in the Eastern Conference and have reached 500 for the first time since December 15th. Young was one of three players to drop 45-plus last night. The first time in NBA history, three different games had a player go for 45. In fact, 10 different players have scored 45 or more in the last 10 days the most in any 10-day span in NBA history just insane look at this look at this group Janae I mean it, we're just getting started playoff basketball is about to begin can't wait I'm, I'm so ready for it all right still ahead Kyrie and KD have alternated big performances of late but is more help on the way? Nick Friedel's going to stop by with a Ben Simmons update. Make sure you stick around. NBA Today rolls on. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're watching NBA Today, live from Los Angeles. The NBA has fined Brooklyn $50,000 for letting Kyrie Irving in, into their locker room during a game in which he was unable to play because he's not vaccinated against COVID-19. Irving was a spectator at the Barclays Center on Sunday during Brooklyn's 110-107 victory over the Knicks. Kevin Durant took to social media yesterday and had this to say. The last two years have been difficult and a painful time for New Yorkers as well as a very confusing time with the changing landscape of rules and mandates. I do appreciate the task the mayor has in front of him with all the city of course has been through. My frustration with the situation doesn't change the fact that I will always be committed to helping the communities and cities that I live in and play in. Obviously he had some comments about the mayor the previous day. We welcome in Nick Friedel, live from Orlando, where the Nets are playing. Kyrie Irving will be able to play tonight as the Nets visit the Magic, Nick. What is the latest from the team on what unfolded over the last 48 hours? Our own Malik Andrews obviously shared with us yesterday that the third Nets star... Actually, no, let, let's just get on what, what, uh, what unfolded yesterday with KD. Go ahead. George, the soap opera drama with this team never stops. Earlier this morning, Steve Nash said, I didn't even know the rule. I didn't know he could come into the locker room that necessitated the fine. The, the Nets are hopeful still that Kyrie will be able to play at some point, but they don't know night to night if he's going to still come to Barclays, although Nash said he was there to support his teammates. And internally, 
They are hoping in the next 10 days or so that something changes, but the hope has been there for the last month or so. So that's all they can hang on to, but it hovers over everything this team is doing. Tonight he'll play here in Orlando. Tomorrow he won't be able to play at Barclays. And the sideshow and circus that comes every time he comes back into the arena will continue to hover over what this group does. So, Nick, Malika shared with us yesterday that Ben, Ben Simmons, third net star, can't yet run or even sprint. Uh, so any updates as far as where uh, Simmons' rehab process is? George, as of now, Simmons isn't able to do anything, and they don't know when he's going to be back there on the floor. But we asked Nash about it this morning, and here was his response. Are you... How would you characterize your hopefulness to the level that we see him in the regular season? Uh, extremely high hopes in the regular season. Obviously, there's no substitute to him being on the, the court and everything, but what would you say his knowledge of, of your vernacular and the playbook has been from afar? I think, I mean, it's, you know, I wouldn't say from afar. He's been in all our meetings, so I think he has a pretty good understanding. Now, has his focus been on learning what we're doing? No, it's been on getting better now. Had him around, we want him to learn, but you know, there's a lot going on when you're trying to desperately fight to get on the court. That I don't expect him to be totally dialed in on what we're doing, because part of that is also feeling, getting out there with your teammates, seeing how it fits. I think it'll be a perfect fit for our guys. But you know, that some of that stuff is also getting out there and doing it, learning on, you know, on the fly rather than reading it off the notes. George, it's important to remember here, Simmons was never cleared to practice. Even right after the trade, there were some issues with conditioning. They wanted to get him comfortable. Then the back issue popped up. But everybody keeps asking when Simmons is going to be on the floor. It still feels like it is weeks away because he hasn't done anything. So the Nets are hopeful, and Nash said it there, that he'll be back at some point before the regular season ends. But nobody knows for sure, and he can't travel with the group. He's not here in Orlando. His teammates really haven't gotten to know him that well yet. He's just participating in the meetings in Brooklyn when he's there. But the reality for the Nets is, as much as they keep saying he's going to be great and the hope is that he plays at some point, they don't know when that will be. Yep. Well, we'll certainly be discussing that further with you, I guess, as the weeks roll on, Nick. Thanks for the time, as always, brother. Appreciate it. <laughs> There he is, Always, Nick, Nick Friedel. Here's our star-studded NBA Wednesday doubleheader on ESPN and the ESPN app. Luca and the Mavs take on Katie and the Nets at 7.30 Eastern, 6 Central. Then it's out to San Francisco for our West Coast primetime game between Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and the Celtics. They'll go against Steph, Clay, and Draymond and the Warriors. Our coverage starts with NBA Countdown at 7 Eastern for Pacific. Still to come on NBA today, the Lakers got absolutely dominated from the start last night versus the Raptors. LeBron, none too pleased. We're talking L.A. when we return. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Live from Los Angeles, welcome back to NBA Today. 
Welcome back to NBA Today. Tell me if you heard this one before. The Lakers lost last night and badly. Yeah. Not good. <laughs> so, Lakers at home against Toronto. First quarter here. Scotty Barnes doing his thing. Making a statement as a rookie. It's been a fun, you know, following the rookie of the year race. Yeah, well, it's him or Evan Mobley. LeBron said it was Scotty Barnes. I don't know if he'll say that after Mobley this game. Mobley had 30, though. Yeah. Ooh, and look how mad he was that they didn't come up with a rebound. Yeah, he slams the ball. Uh, LeBron just was not happy at all in this particular contest. I don't but blame him, though. Turns it over here. On the other end, Thaddeus Young to Precious Achua up top. Achua, baby. It's really difficult for the Lakers this stretch right now to stay motivated. Fourth quarter. Raptors beat the press. Barnes lobs it again to Achua. Lakers lose badly. All right, let's take a look here. LeBron had another 30-point game. But the other four starters, Westbrook, Malik Monk, Stanley Johnson, and Austin Reeves, only combined for 27 total points last night. It was the ninth time this season LeBron outscored the rest of the starters. No other player has more than five such games. So Monica McNutt is joining us now, along with Janae and Zach here. So Monica, we'll start with you. Period point blank, okay? Is the Lakers season over at this point, or is there any glimmer of hope? with a potential AD return. You know, guys, <laughs> if there's a glimmer of hope, I don't see it. I mean, we are legit running out of runway games at this point. And is the glimmer of hope supposed to be sustainable to not just through, not just one play-in, but two play-in games and then go into series and be successful? Like, I just... I'm not sure what we're actually expecting from this Lakers squad. I think they are exactly what we think they are. And every time I turn the channel and they're on, I think I'm watching an SNL skit. And it is quite a sad place to be in. Yeah, it's one of those things where you think that the glimmer of hope, the light, is it ends up becoming a train, like coming at you. And that's the league and all these top teams <laughs> and all these players and the performances that are like, you know what? I know what it's like. I play for the LA Sparks, not saying that we're the Lakers per se, you know, with championships, but knowing that people love to give their best game to anybody that wears an LA jersey. I know what that's like. Anywhere you go, it's BLA, BLA. And now these teams are running up on them, including the Raptors. So yeah, the, I don't have much hope, if any hope at all, just because I don't even want AD putting himself in a position where he could potentially injure himself by coming back to try to make a play-in run. Like, you're there for the championship and at least the playoffs. And so they're in a really difficult position. But, I, you know, I think LeBron James is sending a message. You guys may not care about my team, but my performance is going to still stay here, and he's chasing that scoring title. I, I hear Janae saying teams bringing their best every time they see an L.A. jersey. These teams don't need to bring their best to beat the Lakers right now. The <laughs> Lakers are 10 games under 500. 10 games. They're not two games, three games. They're not within sniffing distance. They can't even see 500 anymore. Homer Simpson, one of the great philosophers of our time, once said the two sweetest words in the English language were default. The Lakers are getting into the play-in tournament by default. The rest of the West stinks so badly that they're going to get in by default, and that's it. 
Anthony Davis ain't saving this. I'm with Monica. I don't see a glimmer. I've looked, I've looked under every nook and cranny for a glimmer. <laughs> I can't, I can't find one. Yeah, this team stinks. Like, I mean, you said the rest of the West stinks. No, this team also stinks, Zach. Like that's that's their reality right now. And there's a lot of blame to go around, I'm sure. But this team was poorly constructed. There was a lot of chatter about, oh, you know, they're built for the playoffs. It's No, they're going to be in the play-in. If they get out of the play-in and they get into the playoffs, fingers crossed, to your point, Chanae, then they're not going to win a series. Even if Anthony Davis comes back, like they're just the rest of that team beyond LeBron and AD is not consistent enough to have that happen against the upper echelon teams in the Western Conference. Oh, by the way, the Suns in particular, let's just call it, because they have the best record in the sport. So I, I just think that this, you know, I don't know. It's just silly to me at this point to be talking about them. I guess We did yesterday on count. Look, like we're going on strike. With the honestly, league. if there's a team in L.A. to watch out for if they get healthy, it's the Clippers, okay, with, with, with Paul George and, and Norman Powell. Oh. And, and that team would be a, a team I wouldn't want to see if I were one of those top teams. All right, still ahead. Speaking of top teams, John Morant. Okay is having a basketball breakout this season, one for the ages, and the Grizz look legit. So now what happens with their starting unit back intact? Speaking of getting back intact, we'll talk in Grizz next when we're back here on NBA Today.